This is a school-sanctioned activity where I am being mandated, I'm being required to post this online. And now once I have experienced these things and this has come backlash, suddenly they're no longer responsible. From the sunny palms of Los Angeles, this is Bully Buster, the podcast where Rhonda Orr speaks with guests battling the bully culture. Listen to real stories and find real solutions using Rhonda's Triangle of Triumph, going from victim to survivor to leader. Rhonda is an award-winning executive trainer, columnist, and speaker. She's also served as the founder of two nonprofits addressing child abuse and bullying. Now, here's Rhonda. Welcome back, moms. Thanks for joining me for episode number eight of Bully Buster. Today, my guest is Alexa Rosdale. She's a college student I've known since she was in high school. Alexa was also the young ambassador for one of my nonprofits. She inspired literally hundreds at our Civility Ends Bullying rallies. Today, she talks with me about an atrocious bullying incident that happened to her in high school. It involves a YouTube video and a student council election. We'll learn what went wrong and how she dealt with it. I am so happy to welcome her to Bully Buster. Alexa, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. You were a speaker at a civility rally that we did to help end bullying with civility. One of our mottos, end bullying with civility. Our definition of civility, be caring, be considerate, and be courteous. Yes, have manners. And you were one of our speakers because you encountered some pretty vicious girl-on-girl bullying when you were in high school. I know you're in college now. In report after report, girls, more than boys, are notorious for spreading rumors, gossiping, purposefully leaving someone out, or in other words, being ostracized, which is the worst form of bullying, making rude remarks, lying, and getting a group of people to hurt one person, that gang mentality, and sometimes making ugly comments about someone's appearance. So which one of these or all of these did you experience? I would say gang mentality. When I was in high school, I ran for a student council election and they required us to put a YouTube video online detailing why we felt like we were fit for the position. And pretty much what ended up happening is after the election, I went to my YouTube channel and I'm not very YouTube savvy. I've never really posted a YouTube video before. My advisor had made it a request that each of the candidates post these on YouTube and I go to my YouTube channel and I just saw these really lewd comments just saying really awful things about me and how the video made them feel and each comment was kind of like ganging off each other one person would say something and then the other person would be like oh yeah I agree and then take it to one extent further that part of it was gang mentality just because they were gaining energy from each other. So it was kind of one-upping how rude they could be? Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it was probably more of a contest and they were sitting there giggling, but at the end of the day, 
I'm just as human as they are, and I'm sure they've had experiences where people have hurt them too. But it definitely takes you back. I've had friends that have been bullied. I've been bullied. You hear about bullying online, but the comments that I read about myself, I would have to say was probably one of the worst forms of bullying that I have ever heard of, witnessed, or encountered in my 20 years of life. And you're so young, and you were just in high school when this happened. And I actually saw the video, which I thought was just darling. Mm -hmm. But when it's happening to you, and I understand some of these comments, well, I know they are because I saw some of them, were sexual in nature. For a young girl to experience that, a lot or most of them, were they by people you knew? So that was a thing. I don't know if they were by people I knew because I didn't recognize the names, but some of the names were anonymous. So people had, again, gotten online, hid behind a screen and felt like it was okay to say it online without exposing their names. It almost sounded like they hadn't attended the school that I was going to anymore. So it was a really interesting situation because the people that were giving these comments that we were able to identify didn't really have any relation to me or really any relation to the election. Well, you are just beautiful. You are talented. You're smart. You're loving. You're involved in, I don't even know how many clubs. (laughs) (laughs) I know that because you are young ambassador. And, And it was so horrible that here you are an ambassador against bullying and this kind of group mentality. It's hurtful. Why do you think you were targeted? Why were you bullied? I would say definitely just because I was put in the spotlight. I put myself in a position where people knew my name. I was running for a student body present position, which is a very vocal position. I was the face of the school at some points. And so a position like that, people tend to nag on people who put themselves in leadership positions. I mean, if you even look at politics, there's so many politicians out there that get really ridiculed in so many ways, just simply because they're in the spotlight. Regardless of what they do, I think it just somehow attracts those comments. And I think in your modesty, (laughs) you might not realize that people might be jealous of you too. It has to do with, they just don't like them because they are in the spotlight. And when somebody's in the spotlight, it makes other people who are not very confident feel less than. And bullying is so much about being one up of someone else. The definition of being a bully is someone who is trying to gain power over another person. It's the same as abuse. People just don't look at it as being the same thing. Research has shown over and over that hurt feelings from bullying can be just as bad as a hurt body. For instance, I just flew off a treadmill and broke my arm, and my hand was cupped inside out, upside down. It was horrible pain. Horrible pain, but I know that our bodies develop actual pain like nausea, headaches, fatigue, all these types of things. What type of body pain did you experience 
from this? When I first saw those comments, I was alone in my room and I didn't even know how to react. And so I just started screaming and crying. I was so shook with what I had just read. Never in a million years did I think I would open a YouTube video to see those kind of comments. And my parents heard me, so they had come downstairs, and they're like, what's wrong? And I could barely get it out. I didn't have the voice to even, like, be able to vocalize what was going on. And after they had settled me down, I kind of talked through it. That night, I had the chills. You know when you have the flu, you have those flu-like symptoms, and your body just aches? It was that same kind of experience it was that same kind of pain I remember laying in bed that night and my bones just felt achy and like I had the flu but I mean I didn't have a fever I didn't have the flu it was was from what I had just read I'm so sorry that you experienced that because I know when I've had the flu you sometimes you just feel like you wish you were dead and that's why still to this day the number has not gone down from 160,000 students who do not go to school every day that they are being bullied. They don't want to go to school. I've mentored so many kids who have just withdrawn, gone to a different school, which is sometimes doesn't work because of social media. Or they get homeschooled, which not every parent can do. So what did you think you were going to do? What was your next step? My next step, I was pretty involved in school and I love school, but I ended up losing the election and it was something that I had put my whole heart and soul in. It was something that I'd wanted in my freshman year and on top of losing the election and getting bullied, it was like, how am I going to recover again? Like what I wanted so badly was that election. I really wanted to make a difference in the school with that position. I ended up my aunt and uncle the next week they were going to San Diego and they were like you want to come with us and I was like yeah I want to get out of here (laughs) I missed a couple days of school and I know it's not the best thing to miss school but in a way it was what I needed I needed a little break from reality I needed to kind of re-see the world so it was nice to be able to go to California get my breather get away from everything that was going on on at school and then that Sunday night kind of getting my motivation back talking to myself I can do this you'll get through this it'll be fine I was very involved in things that I was excited for it was just get back to what you're doing and let's try to put this behind us you're so strong to have that kind of wisdom at your age to try and do that but there's a grieving process You know, the five stages of of grieving, denial, anger, depression, bargaining. I've done that. Dear God, please, if you do this for me and take this pain away, I'll never, ever, whatever it might be, you know. (laughs) And then acceptance. Did you feel a little bit like you might have skipped over some of those stages I was definitely grieving. I felt a lot of anger, I would say, towards my advisor because I felt he had put me in a position that I wasn't really being helped through. He had required me to put this YouTube video online, which that's great. But when the bad things start to happen is when he took a step back and I was left in the dark. And so I felt very angry. You put this minor 
in the spotlight and now she's really struggling and now you're not even willing to take the proper steps to make sure that I was in a place that I needed to be. I was just trying to figure out all the ways to explain to him, how could you do this to me? Do you not understand how much this hurt me? And I would say I was upset, was angry. I would say my senior year in student council, I did decide to stay in student council after that. It wasn't the same. And a lot of it was probably because I lost the election. I was working under someone. But I just didn't have the love for student council my senior year that I did my three years of high school. I loved that organization like no other. I would have been backwards. I was actually up to the point where I was in nationals for student council. So I was traveling all over the United States to improve my leadership skills and just to become a better leader at my school and to learn activities to bring back to my school. I was so heavily involved in this organization. My whole heart and soul was this organization. I felt like that was my purpose. And I lost it my senior year just because I was upset. I was embarrassed. I was mortified. I was going through the other five stages of grieving. I can't even believe you stayed in it. That takes a lot of courage. You know, we have the five C's, civility, confidence, courage, creativity, and communication. And you're excellent at all of those things. I've seen you in action. And I can only imagine how that must have felt because we always tell everyone, report, report, report to an adult. And if that adult doesn't do something about it, then you go to another adult. Until you've exhausted all of your adult help, then you go to the police. Because what you experienced is actually against the law. I, of course, reported it to my advisor, and I think what I was really frustrated about is nothing happened to these kids. We had physical evidence. We had screenshots. Like, this wasn't a she said, he said situation. It is online, and it's going to be there forever. And, you know, my advisor didn't really do anything. He's like, I can't do anything about this. And I was like, okay. So I brought it to the principal. And the principal said they, she couldn't do anything about this either. And so it was just so frustrating to me because this is a school-sanctioned activity where I am being mandated, I'm being required to post this online. And now once I have experienced these things and this has come backlash, suddenly they're no longer responsible. Who's going to take responsibility for this? Because it's really not okay for school officials to be requiring that and then to back out and not support and not follow through with all these comments that were being said. I am so sad. Actually, I'm so angry for you because that is their job. The principal of the school is responsible for emotional and mental pain inflicted on someone who is required to put a YouTube video up for everyone to see. So principals are absolutely responsible just in the same way as if they dug a ditch and didn't put any protection around it. And you fall in and break a couple of bones and bruise yourself, wind up in the hospital. That's their responsibility. When is society going to understand situations like this can cause PTSD because your body retains memories. Even if you have uh, gone forward, which I know you have, you're a great leader in college. You went to Ireland, correct? I did, yes, study abroad. So you've just exploded 
with all of your goodness. People don't want to fill out the paperwork. They depend on public funding and their reports on not having any bullying in school. If you were on the board of supervisors, which you may very well be someday, of a school district, what would you say to these principals? I just think it's a really hard topic because there's not an easy solution. There's so many bits and pieces to have to work through with society. You're a person who truly has a necessity for the phone because you had a medical condition. Yeah. But the truth is parents are very vocal about their kids having a phone in case of an emergency. And those emergencies turn out to be things like, make sure you get home in time to walk the dog. I'll meet you over here to get ice cream. It's not relevant for a parent to say their child needs this for an emergency. It's proven in schools. For instance, I know many schools, the average, according to research, the average reduction in bullying when parents take their phones out of the school is a 60% less chance of bullying going on. And the reason for the bullying to be less is exactly what happened to you, the gang mentality. Kids get together, they surround a phone, and they exchange things together, and then they start ostracizing someone, they start having secrets, because that makes them feel a part of a group. In our society today, it's more important than anything because of social media. I think a lot of what's happened with the pandemic that we have right now, the fact that families had to be together, but the gang mentality element is a little bit removed in in some sense. I think that your bravery of being able to talk about this The speech that you gave that night at the rally, it was just so beautiful. It brought tears to my eyes, to many people's eyes. So what what did your parents do that really helped you? I'd say my parents were just there to support me. My parents were ready to take action when, you know, I said, like, we need to take this to authorities. My mom had contacted a close friend of hers who was close with you. And so that's how we got in contact with you. I think my parents were just ready. They were, they were loaded to do whatever they needed to do to make sure that what happened to me doesn't happen again to me or to anybody else. So I think at the end of the day, my parents were just, they're ready to do whatever it took to figure this out. I'm so thankful for your parents. They're just wonderful they didn't say, oh, just ignore it, it'll go away. Would that go away? No, it still hasn't gone away. It's been deleted. The feelings, and you always hear the saying that you don't remember what people say, but you remember how they made you feel. I certainly remember the most is how I feel from reading those comments. Do you ever do any type of physical gestures or activity to kind of get rid of the feeling you might have at the moment, like anger or depression? I would say more for anxiety. I have breathing exercises that once I acknowledge that I'm anxious at any point in time, I try to note that I'm anxious 
try to understand, identify that this is what's going on right now, and then try to work on those breathing exercises. You know, there's like the box breathing or, I mean, there's dozens of different breathing exercises, but I definitely, I try to utilize that. It's something I should utilize more, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely a skill that I have on hand. I think you're doing fabulously. I will, though, just because I've had it done for my PTSD. And when your body remembers, even when your brain is not thinking about it, is EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And it works with a certain repetition of things that works with your brain. It retrains your brain. It actually balances your brain because when you go through any kind of a trauma that causes you to have that type of grief, it really retrains your brain to respond differently along with physical activity and gestures. And I don't know if you had a chance to go to therapy, but that can help too. I wanted to ask you, first, I just want to mention that Everyone wants to be loved, you know, and, and everyone wants to be loved and feel like they belong. But when you're betrayed by girls, especially, that you thought you belonged with, what happens to your emotions and your mentality? I would say your mentality definitely goes down and your emotions go up. I think there's a sense of trust that you lose. Trust is one of those things that once it's broken... You have to work very, very hard to re-earn that trust. What would be your final message for moms with daughters? I would just say bullying, mental health, that whole umbrella of things. I think it's very good to talk about. I think in society sometimes it's hard to talk about because we don't know the right things to say, or you don't want to offend somebody. It's hard to talk about for people who have been a victim, but I think that it is also very important to talk about, to not make it unusual to talk about it. It should be a topic of conversation always with many people, because I think the more that you talk about it, the more comfortable people are with it, the more educated they get about it, and the more understanding they are with the entire topic. Just being able to vocalize how you're feeling, how the other person's feeling, and kind of to understand. I did a summer camp. I was a junior counselor, and they had a motivational speaker, and he talked about love. His campaign is kindness. And part of what he was saying is that when you're having these emotions, it needs to be identified, and that is how you get those emotions to stop. So when you're having anxiety or sadness or depression or whatever it is, when you identify, I am having anxiety right now, that is how you control those emotions. And I think that's the first step is being able to understand what is going on. So I would say just having meaningful conversations would be my biggest advice. You just said the things that I'm the biggest advocate for, and it really boils down to being believed and believed in and being able to express that and being able to talk, 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 even about the very sensitive things like bullying and mental illness and suicide. Suicide is always, people have a misnomer that if you talk about suicide, 
you're going to cause somebody to think about it and they're going to want to do it. And it's the exact opposite. So people may not want to talk about bullying. And also, bullies need to understand that they can get help too. And what you're saying is, if you really have conversation, conversations, conversations, conversations with everyone, including the school, including small groups, including with your parents, and you don't ignore it, then everyone can work through this and maybe we can have more civility. So I really appreciate you, Alexa. The whole world is just yours. You can do anything you want to. I believe in you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I think Alexa is pretty tough, but no one should have to endure what she did. My three takeaways from our talk were number one, schools need to take responsibility when they require students to post something online for the whole world to see. Or even better, think ahead and don't mandate an activity that's outside their control. Number two, if the school won't do anything, parents need to press authorities to investigate and, yes, prosecute. Number three, moms should be as supportive of their daughters as Alexis was in this case. Professional counseling may be necessary to treat depression, anxiety, and the five stages of grieving. This case illustrates once again, why schools must start teaching civility. That's how we can end bullying. That's our show for this week. Head over to bullybuster.us slash Alexa for more resources. And while you're there, download our free mini ebook on the Triangle of Triumph. It describes the journey from victim to survivor to leader. I'll be back with more next week. I'm Rhonda Orr. Let's build civility for a new generation. Go to Rhonda's website, bullybuster.us, to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. That's also where you'll find information about having Rhonda speak at your event or school. It's all at bullybuster.us.